Welcome to Windsor Road Christian Church. My name is Jackson, and these are my two dads. This is my dad, Chris, and this is my stepdad, Cam, who is my mom's husband. And today we will be reading Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. This is God's word. Amen. There we go. Well, welcome to Windsor Road Christian Church on this Christmas Eve. My name is Katie Pesson, I'm the executive minister here, and I'm just so glad that you are here with us tonight as we celebrate Christmas. Of course we know as Christians that Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about celebrating Emmanuel, our God with us, who came to earth to be one of us, to die for us, to make a way to heaven for us. That is what Christmas is about. But we experience Christmas on lots of different levels. Christmas can be, to some, about gifts. And so we make lists, and we go stand in long shopping lines, and we give and receive. We have hope. Sometimes we experience disappointment in gifts we're given. It's about generosity, but can also be about greed. It's about selflessness, but can also be about selfishness. It's about feelings of benevolence, but can also be about a feeling of obligation. That can be a little confusing. For some, Christmas is primarily about family. So traditions and travel and meals together and seeing people we don't see often. Close relationships with those we didn't choose. It means togetherness. It involves shared joy. And for some, it involves shared pain. That can be exhausting. And ultimately, Christmas is about Jesus. And so in this season, we hear songs about Jesus. We see nativity scenes. We may experience just a little bit of awe as we remember this wonderful moment long ago when God became human, when the one who created the universe put on skin and became one of us. That could be staggering. Tonight we'll explore through stories and video just how confusing all of that can sometimes be. It's so beloved, you know, I guess Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I've always ended up feeling depressed. Hi, I'm Stacy at the piano. I can empathize with Charlie Brown. Sometimes I don't know how I'm supposed to feel at Christmas. Uh, but one thing that does bring me real pleasure is giving gifts to my kids. 
I love trying to find gifts that will make them happy, that will fit them perfectly, that will make them smile, that will make them feel special. Now, I don't always succeed at that. Sometimes I can't find anything that fits them as well as I would wish, and sometimes I just guess wrong. But it's still a joy to try every year. One way I try to make Christmas morning less about things and more about relationships is simply to have the family sit in a circle and take turns opening one gift at a time. I feel as though, despite my limitedness as a father, I was at least able to encourage the kids to think about Christmas morning primarily in terms of attending to the feelings of others. We spend a lot more time sitting and watching others open their gifts than we do opening our own. We have repeated opportunities to participate in someone else's joy, to voice enthusiasm and encouragement about what someone else is feeling. And in doing this, we get to practice getting our eyes off ourselves and onto others. That's my hope, anyway. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph the skies with angelic host proclaim Christ is born Bethlehem Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Christ by highest heaven adored Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, as man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Hail the heaven Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all He brings, risen with healing in His wings, mild He His glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give him second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to 
I can remember growing up how Christmas was for me. Growing up, my family never really attended church. Like Sally, I would always be focused on the new big thing that every kid wanted at the time. I had no idea of the greater significance of Christmas. I can remember the times when my father had to travel to Mexico, getting home just days before Christmas. We would run to him and our family would be complete once again for Christmas morning. My sister and I would also play a game on Christmas day. And to start off with, we would never go to sleep early. We would stay up until quite far into the night, anxiously anticipating our presence, waiting for us downstairs. But we would sort of bet each other as to who would wake up first and who would wake our parents up to go downstairs. And it got to the point where I remember us waking up at three in the morning and our parents telling us it was way too early and that we needed to go back to bed. But that was Christmas for me growing up. And since then, my life has changed drastically. My parents are now divorced and have ties to new people. And Christmas had become a dark time for my family. Uh, we struggled wholeheartedly to, to really celebrate it. But the best thing that has come out of this is that I have finally found Christ. I can look at Christmas and realize that there is a God who has come into my life and my family's life and has changed the way we all perceive Christmas. God has changed our lives and has changed mine as well. Amen. Oh. 
sappy morning, Jesus to thee be we give word of the Father now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore. Come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. I get to a right on this. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. So once I woke up in the middle of the night, I thought I'd heard something, and I got out of bed, it was dark, I was half awake, and I saw this strange figure across the bedroom by the wall, and I moved, they moved, I froze, they froze, and I panicked, and, and then I realized, oh, that's me in the mirror. Um, <laughs> darkness does that. Darkness plays tricks. Darkness messes with our minds. Darkness confuses reality. Darkness brings fear. But church family, Christmas is the defeat of darkness. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John 1, 4 and 5. The Christmas is a light story. It's about the one true light who has invaded the dark, a world dark in rebellion, dark in sin, dark with evil, injustice, racism, violence. A world that's dark, and everybody knows there's a problem, and everybody has been affected by the problem, and everybody is suffering from the problem, and everybody is part of the problem, but no one, no one, 
has a solution to finally fix the problem. No one can solve the problem. And thus it's a dark world desperate for light. But the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. God's solution was the only way. He sent the one who is light to be the light so that the world might be rescued by the light of his grace. He came into the darkness so that we would know light and life forever. Here is the Christmas story. Only light can defeat darkness. And the light has come. Church family, Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. And where there is light, there is hope. Where there is light, there is grace. Where there is light, there is life. Where there is light, there is love. And love always defeats fear. Always. Did you notice when Linus dropped his security blanket? It's when he said, fear not. And he dropped it. Behold. Nobody could get that silly security blanket out of his hand until he preached the gospel to himself. Perfect love casts out all fear. And because of Christ's light, I can finally see. I can see that he went unloved so that I can know constant love. I can see that he underwent rejection so that I could enjoy adoption. I can see that he endured separation so that nothing would ever separate us from him. I can see. I can see. At Jesus' birth, light broke into the darkness of this world. At Jesus' death, light was consumed for our sin. At Jesus' resurrection, light decisively and forever defeated death. In his light is life. And to all who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God, born of God in Christ. God the Father loves us with the same intensity that he loves his only begotten Son. And now, as adopted children of light, we've been called out of darkness, and he put his light in our life so that we can show the world his way, his better way. A world in need of love, a world in need of grace, a world in need of light. So let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. God be praised. So in July of 1969, uh, the NASA spacecraft, the Apollo 11, landed on the moon. It was a historic event. One of the crew, uh, Commander Edwin Buzz Aldrin, wanted to do something exceptional to mark this first time human beings landed on another heavenly body. So he asked his pastor for an idea, and this is what his pastor said. He said, why don't you take communion? What could be more basic than bread and wine? And what could be more meaningful than honoring the God through whom all things were made and without whom was not anything made that was made? 
And so Mr. Aldrin took the bread and the fruit of the vine with him to the moon. And there, at the sea of tranquility, he ate the bread and drank from the cup and gave thanks. Think about it. The very first meal ever celebrated on the moon was communion, the Lord's <coughs> Supper. As Christians all around the world celebrate the birth of our King, how meaningful it is to know that some of the first words spoken on the very moon He created were about Him. This powerless, vulnerable newborn in the dirty manger came to earth from heaven. He made the earth and the moon and the sun, everything, and he made us as his image bearers to reflect his light. And in him is life. And the life is the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Shall we pray? Father God, you who are the slayer of darkness, come to be with us, come to live among us and in us, come to fill the distances that divide us, come to reconcile us with you and with one another, Open our eyes to see your light and receive your life. Turn our hearts toward you. Do for us what we cannot do ourselves. We ask this in the name of Jesus who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. God's people said.
His law is love, and His gospel is peace. Chains shall He break, for the slave is our brother, and in His name all oppression shall was an Emmanuel moment, a Jesus is undeniably here moment. It was Christmas time when I was eight or nine years old. I've always loved Christmas, the presents, the tree, the decorations, and the lights. Growing up, we had so many lights. We had two Christmas trees. We had a giant plastic nativity scene that sat out in our front yard just outside my window. I loved it all. Each Christmas Eve night, my brothers would sneak into my room so that we could all sleep there and get up really early, way earlier than I'm sure my parents wanted us to, and go open our presents. And we would take our time opening presents. It would go on for hours. We would open one present at a time in a circle from oldest to youngest, around the circle, one at a time, all morning long. But this year felt different. My parents had begun the journey toward the eventual end of their marriage. Home was not peaceful. It was scary, uncertain, lonely. I remember not knowing how to talk to my friends about what was going on. It was an isolating event. Even though both of my parents had made it very clear that I should feel free to talk to whoever I wanted to about how I felt, a lot of the chaos of that period of my life has sort of jumbled into a messy feeling of pain, anger, and sadness. But mixed in with all of that, I have a clear moment of peace. A moment that I, as an adult, look back on and realize that Jesus was with me, bringing comfort. 
See, my childhood home was at the front of our house, and so during the Christmas season, I would fall asleep at night looking out at the lights and that giant plastic nativity scene that sat right outside my window. I've come to cherish the memory of one such night. I have a distinct memory of looking out my window at the Christmas lights, watching it snow. Watching the snow fall on the little plastic face of Jesus brought peace. Something about just watching each tiny snowflake slowly float its way to the ground. With the warm glow of the Christmas lights outside my window, it brought peace that all was well. Even as my family fell apart, the snow would fall. Christmas would come. There would be light. Jesus would be here. I didn't realize at the time the gift I'd been given in that moment. It's really only been the last few years that I've come to realize just how profound that moment was for my young heart. That moment has become an anchor for me when life feels like too much. I can go back to that place and feel the presence of Jesus. And when I go back to my little room and look out the window at the snow in my mind's eye, I remember again what Christmas means. Jesus is here with us, always. Jesus is here and he has come to bring light in the darkness. He's come to bring peace in the midst of chaos, fear, and uncertainty. Jesus is here.
Uh, one family tradition on my mother's side that has not changed for years is that we have a big family breakfast on Christmas Day. We all get together, pitch in some food, and spend a good part of the day with each other. The most important part of that breakfast is always the prayer that is said just before we all eat. My grandmother and grandfather would lead the prayer over our family. And no matter how hard our year looked, no matter where our journey through the year had taken us, in that moment, we're all in peace with God. Everyone is silent. And we thank God for another year on this earth and ask for another year of growth and grace and protection over our family. In that moment, as long as we're all in Christ, nothing could break our family apart. So glad that Trevon shared that story. Um, because as I think about um, these family meals that we have, it made me think about communion. So each week here at Windsor Road, we have a time in our service called communion, uh, where we take a little piece of bread and drink a little bit of juice. Um, the bread represents Christ's body that was broken for us. The juice represents his blood that was shed for us to forgive us from our sins. And as I heard Trevon's story, I thought, well, that's what this is. It's a family meal. A family meal reminding us that as long as we're in Jesus, nothing can break us apart. So now as we're going to take communion, I'm going to pray and the servers will come. This isn't a time for only members of Windsor Road. This is a time for anybody who knows that Jesus is their king to remember him. So you can take the bread and the juice as they're passed, or you can just hold on to them and eat them when you're ready. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for moments of quiet tonight to remember who you are, to remember in the midst of the busyness of this season, in the midst of the confusing messages we hear about what this time of year is really all about, thank you for time to be together and remember. Thank you that you are light, that you came to break the darkness, that your death and resurrection set us free Thank you that because you are light and you have come, there is nothing we need to fear. And so it's you we remember now. It's you your family gathers to celebrate. In your precious name, Jesus, amen.
talked about how uh, we and our family at Christmas take time opening gifts one at a time on Christmas morning. As my kids have grown toward adulthood, I've experienced the blessing of seeing them learn to give to one another. They consider carefully what to give to each other, and when we open gifts on Christmas morning, they attend to one another's experiences of opening their gifts. This is really one of the best outcomes I could wish for. In the overbearing shadow of consumerism, this is one small way we as a family can come away from it with our minds and hearts filled with others' joy, intermingled with our own. 
Well, here at Windsor Road, that's our heart too. That's why every week in our services, we typically have a time of giving called offering. Tonight, we're not going to pass a plate around, but there is um, one in the back. If you want to contribute as you leave, you can do that. When we give here at Windsor Road, it's our way of experiencing the blessing of giving joy to others. That's what our time of giving is all about. Please stand for our final song tonight. last time and didn't bring my notes out and I forgot to tell you to stand. I'm sorry Michelle. <laughs> Brought my notes this time. We're so glad you guys have been here tonight for our Christmas Eve service. Here at Windsor Road we want to be a life-changing community passionately pursuing Christ. So if you're new here tonight, if this is your first time with us, if you're from Champaign and you're looking for a church home, we'd love to help you find out more about Jesus and get connected here at our church. 
Randy, our senior minister, and a great team of our guest services volunteers will be back in the fireside room after the service. That's just to the right as you exit the room. We have a gift for you. We'd love to learn your name and help you figure out how you could call this place home. Before you leave, I just want you to know that there are cookies out on the information desk, and there's a family photo booth off to the left. So feel free to stick around, hang out for that. We're so glad you've been here. Have a Merry Christmas. It's like walking off. I'm like, I feel like that's not how it was supposed to end. <laughs> you recovered. You made it. <laughs> I was like, that felt weird. I'm not sure that's what I did last service. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to have him stand. I don't think I'm so. I'm glad you shared some of your stories.